Chapter Twelve of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years eighteen o seven to eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years eighteen o seven to eight, by William Walker, Jr. Chapter Twelve. William Chapman, member of the Royal Irish Academy, born seventeen forty nine, died May the twenty ninth, eighteen thirty two. William Chapman, civil engineer, was born at Whitby in Yorkshire of a respectable and wealthy family, who had resided in that town for several generations. He inherited the freedom of Newcastle upon Tyne from his father who in common with all the chief people of whitby was engaged in shipping and was besides particularly distinguished for his attainments in mathematics and other scientific pursuits william chapman derived great advantage from his father's knowledge of these subjects contracting a strong taste for similar occupations after receiving a liberal education at different public schools he was put in command at the early age of eighteen of a merchant vessel in which he enjoyed the opportunity of visiting numerous harbours both in great britain and other countries he continued thus occupied for a period of three years losing no opportunity of making himself acquainted with the circumstances of the various harbours he was in the habit of visiting and he thus acquired that valuable practical knowledge on the subject of these works for which he became afterwards so highly distinguished after leaving the merchant service mr chapman was fortunate enough to become acquainted with james watt with his partner matthew bolton and also with mr wooler engineer to the board of ordnance by these eminent men he was strongly advised to become an engineer and follow as a profession that which he had already closely studied as an amusement chapman accordingly accompanied mr bolton into ireland about the close of the year seventeen eighty three but although well introduced was unable to obtain any employment of consequence in that country until he had written a prize essay on the effects of the river dodder on the harbour of dublin shortly after this he was appointed resident engineer to the county of kildare canal the works of which were carried on under the surveillance of the duke of leinster the county members and other leading men in the execution of this undertaking mr chapman was requested not to alter the direction of the roads intersected by it although one of them deviated from the right angle across the canal upwards of fifty degrees to meet this difficulty and knowing that a bridge of the ordinary construction with any obliquity could not possibly stand chapman invented and put into practice the method of building oblique or skew bridges which has since been so generally adopted throughout the country in railway canal and other bridges before this period seventeen eighty seven whenever a road crossed the course of a canal or river requiring the construction of a bridge it had been usual to deviate the course either of the road or the object it crossed so that the crossing should be at right angles a practice which occasioned a great waste of land and considerable expense as well as awkward and dangerous bends in the roads thus treated in some few cases where the bridge was required to be of only a small opening no alteration in the direction was made 
but a bridge built of an oblique form that is with abutments forming oblique angles with the road passing over it the courses of the arch being built in lines parallel with the abutments and the ends of the voussoirs beveled off to coincide with the direction of the road bridges built in this manner consequently became highly dangerous when the span was great or the obliquity considerable the value of chapman's invention consists in this that he gave the means of building bridges on the skew principle in any required situation without altering the direction of the roads or wasting material and at an expense little above that of ordinary rectangular bridges this he accomplished by the principle of building the courses of voussoirs at right angles to the face of the arch meeting the abutments at oblique angles being the very reverse of the system previously practised during the progress of the kildare canal mr chapman at the request of the duke of leinster became overseer conjointly with him and the honourable mr ponsonby moore for the building a bridge of five arches over the liffey to replace the former one which had been carried away by a flood the bridge itself was a plain structure but the means employed in forming and securing the foundations attracted general attention and brought mr chapman into still greater notice from this time the number and importance of his professional engagements continued to increase and he was engaged to survey and report upon several projects for the improvement of the navigations of various rivers of which plans the most important was the navigation of the river barrow from athy downwards during this period he was appointed consulting engineer to the grand canal of ireland of which undertaking mr jessop was directing engineer and under the joint superintendence and surveys of these two gentlemen the extension of the grand canal from robarts town to tullamore was laid out as well as the dock between dublin and rings end and the canal of communication by the line of the circular road the projected canal from near tullamore passed through extensive bogs some of which were thirty feet in depth and in consequence of its difficulties was laid out by mr chapman himself the directors of the grand canal had expended upwards of one hundred thousand pounds in a very short space of ground between robarts town and bathanger from not being acquainted with the extent of the subsidence of bogs under superincumbent weight or when laid dry by drainage mr chapman therefore availed himself of their dearly bought experience and adopted the following ingenious method of comparing different kinds of bogs and their relative subsidence he provided himself with a cylindric implement of steel plate sharp at the lower edges and containing exactly one hundredth part of a cubic foot and having divided the strata of the bogs into as many leading classes and subdivisions as were necessary he filled the cylinders with a specimen of each by twisting them round so as to cut the fibres of the bog the samples thus taken were carefully cut off at the level of the cylindric gauge and their weight having been ascertained they were left to dry during the space of several months and when in a firm state and consequently greatly contracted were again weighed the result being that the originally wettest bog was found to have lost ten elevenths of its weight and the firmest two-thirds the rest in due progression between it therefore became a simple process to ascertain pretty nearly the extent of subsidence in any bog to be passed through 
and of course to lay out the line of the canal with such levels that after subsidence its surface should be at the required depth below the surface of the bog amongst mr chapman's other extensive employments in ireland he caused at the instance of the irish government a survey to be made of the harbour of dublin to beyond the bar at howth and on this occasion projected a pier from the clontarf shore to a due distance from the lighthouse and then to the westward to a proper distance from the north wall so as to confine all the tidal water covering that vast space and to cause it to pass down the channel of pool beg in place of being permitted to flow inwards and outwards over the north bull in the year 1794, Mr. Chapman returned from Ireland and fixed his general residence at Newcastle-upon-Tyne. About this time, the great project of a canal communication between the German Ocean and the Irish Sea was engaging general attention in the north of England, and Mr. Chapman was fixed upon to survey the line of country for this proposed canal between Newcastle and the Solway Firth. His reports on this subject, which were made during the years 1795 and 1796 are still extant and although the work to which they relate was never executed the documents connected with it are of a very interesting nature in 1808 this project which had lain dormant for many years was again revived and mr telford was employed to survey and report upon the best line of canal between carlisle and a suitable port on the solway firth although mr telford's plan was highly approved of the time had not yet arrived for the carrying out of even this small portion of the original great scheme and it was not until the year eighteen eighteen when mr chapman drew up a plan and report upon this line from carlisle to bowness that a bill was brought into parliament for which an act was obtained early in eighteen nineteen the canal which has been in successful operation for many years is eleven and a half miles in length and cost about one hundred and twenty thousand pounds it commences on the southeastern side of carlisle and falls into the sea through a height of seventy feet by means of nine locks about the year seventeen ninety six mr chapman became a member of the society of civil engineers which at that time numbered amongst its members watt jessop and rennie and amongst its honorary associates sir joseph banks and other leading men of the day in conjunction with mr rennie chapman was then occupied in designing the london docks and subsequently the southern dock and basin at hull he was also engaged as engineer for the construction of leith scarborough and seam harbours the last named work being undertaken for the marquis of londonderry in addition to his regular professional occupations mr chapman devoted a portion of his time to the publication of works bearing on engineering amongst the most important of these were the following a treatise on the various inventions for effecting ascents in rivers hints on the necessity of legislative interference for registering the extent of workings in the coal seams and preventing such accidents as arrive from want of that knowledge an essay on cordage and a treatise on the preservation of timber from premature decay Mr. Chapman also took out a patent for an improvement upon Captain Huddart's system of manufacturing ropes. This method was successfully carried into effect in all the rope grounds on the River Tyne, and in some of those on the Weir and Tweed. 
His next invention was for an expeditious and easily practicable method of lowering coal wagons with their contents immediately over the hatchways of ships, so as to prevent the great breakage of coals which attended the usual method of shooting them through long spouts. This system, after the expiration of the patent, became universal upon the time. Mr. Chapman possessed a robust constitution, and practised through life the most temperate habits. He was thus enabled to retain the full enjoyment of his faculties, and to continue employed upon various public works, in drainages, canals, and harbours, up till within a very short period of his decease, which occurred in 1832, in the 83rd year of his age. End of chapter 12